The One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. Natalie, how are you? I'm okay. I'm a little bit tired. We're doing an evening record. Yeah, we normally do weekday afternoon record or weekend, weekend. afternoon records. Yeah. This and is a this weekday is... evening record. Yeah, so I'm going to try to rally. We both have long work days. Yeah. We got plenty of other shit going on in our lives. Yeah, but there's... It's a busy time. It's a very busy time. But just to age this up, um, COVID seems to be on a downswing for now. Knock, knock. Yeah, knock, knock. knock. Yeah, the Omicron cases are falling. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, How are yeah. you? Oh, um, same as you. I mean, Ty-tai? less so, but busy. Yeah. But, you know, because we're both going through some of the same stuff, but you've yeah. got... You've got more crap going on than I do. Yeah. Well. It's sad. But this is a podcast where we don't uh, gripe about our lives, like gripe cryptically about our lives, because like there are things going on in our lives that we don't want to talk about publicly right yet. Yeah. And things we don't want to talk about publicly at all. At all. Because they're like family things or whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, it feels weird to be like, we're both very busy and stressed out, but no one gets to know why. We hate our lives and we... <laughs> Um, but this is not, this is not a podcast where we, where we gripe. This is a podcast in which we watch an episode of friends an episode of how I met, how I met your mother, compare and contrast this week. We're on season two, episode 11 of both yeah. season two, episode 11 of friends is called the one with the lesbian wedding. Yeah. And, uh, season two, episode 11 of how I met your mother is called how Lily stole Christmas. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um, did you notice that the Hulu, we watched it on Hulu, had the title, like, spelled Lily's name L-I-L-L-Y. But that's not yeah, how it's spelled. It's L-I-L-Y. Which is, how, like, in the description of the episode, it had yeah. it spelled, but it had two L's. Yeah, um, well, in Veronica Mars, <laughs> so I was gonna say, Lily, Lily is Kane spelled with two L's. I've the, seen it. Well, I guess three L's total. Yeah. Um, right, 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 right. It took me a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I went to high school with another David and he would tell people his name was David with two D's. Good on. Yeah. Standard spelling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's start with season two, episode 11 of Friends, the one with the lesbian wedding. Okay. Non-perk opening. We do not open right. at the perk. We open at Ross's apartment. Ross's apartment. Uh, for a second, I thought it was Carol and Susan's. I did too, yeah. But then they left at the end and I was like, oh, well, yeah. I guess. Because <laughs> they're doing a trade-off of Ben. Yeah, they're there to they're at Ross's to pick up Ben. Yeah, so Ben must have had him for like a prolonged period of time because he was giving Carol and Susan his things, like, yeah, all and the stuff, going and over the folding up the stroller, which yeah. becomes a bit of a, a gag uh, at right, the, right, right, right. the scene. Yeah, um, but they announce somewhat sheepishly that they're getting married. Susan and Carol are getting married, which results in a laugh track for some reason. Literally, just. We're getting married. Laughs. Yes. Laughed. Laughter like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Just the a idea. punchline of-, <laughs> of the greatest joke of all time. For God's sakes. <laughs> and, and, and Ross is like, you mean like I now pronounce you wife and wife married? Another huge laugh. Another hilarious. <laughs> thank you, friends. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's not taking it well, although he insists that he is. And he says uh, something about like reveling in their love or whatever and, and he says a very George Costanza thing where he's like I'm reveling baby yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah that was uh, and then he closes his finger in the stroller the thing that he's that he's folding up uh, so he's not taking it well but then we get to the apartment 
Um, the sorry, the I when I say the apartment, I mean, yeah, we know what you mean. Yeah, I mean Monica and Rachel's apartment, uh, where Joey is making his TV debut as Dr. Drake Ramore on Days yeah. of Our Lives on Duel. Um, what's that on Duel? Uh, that's right, on Days of Our Lives Duel. Um, uh, and uh, so that's very funny. We see him on the on the TV, and he's doing a pretty convincing soap opera actor thing. Yeah. I think I haven't what's watched his, that many. What's soap his strategy, operas. though? I don't want to say. His strategy is smell the fart acting. Yeah. When you look like how, you're smelling something and trying to place it. Yeah. 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 But it works. It works for the scene. Like he does a really good job. I thought. Yeah, yeah, and it's because he's trying to, he, like, he says that you do it when you're, like, trying to remember your line. Yeah. And he's, like, delivering the news. She has a, a subdural hematoma yeah. or, like, uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, I've watched enough ER that I know subdural hematoma is a thing. Right. I can't remember if that's what he actually said. Uh, after we're done with these, these two shows, should we do ER? Mm, no, that would take us 30 years. Yeah, that's true. We should do, if we're going to compare and contrast two different shows... ER and MASH, two different... I haven't seen either of them. ...hospital shows. So that wouldn't really work um, if we oh, want right. one to be... Yeah. ...one to specialize. Scrubs and MASH? Did you watch Scrubs? No. Neither did I. I was no. trying to pick a show I didn't watch that was about a hospital. Um, no, I don't think I've seen many hospital yeah. shows. Yeah. Neither of us is a Grey's Anatomy nope. person. Nope. Yeah. Chicago Hope? Nope. That, wouldn't that be funny, though, if you were like, like, I never really watched ER. I was really into Chicago Hope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hoper. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, Joey makes his debut. Then Phoebe shows up. She had someone, uh, an elderly woman died on her massage table. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually like a really sweet, some, you know, Phoebe is like a goofball and everything, but she can also be like really like insightful and like tuned in. Yeah. And her like, she's talking about how sad it is that this woman died. She t- talks about the idea that the woman like woke up and had plans for the day and didn't yeah. know that her plans were going to stop after like yeah. three things or whatever. And I think about that a lot. Like, um, when people die suddenly, like I think about like, Oh, it's, sad that they probably like right they were supposed to go like see a movie with friends this weekend or something i don't know why yeah, that's always that is, where my mind goes that is sad like um and that's a that's a, a nice insightful thing for like it's very phoebe-ish like we laugh at phoebe because she's like a goofball and talking about auras right. and all this this stuff but she's like a really empathetic person totally yeah we've seen a lot of that but yeah she was giving um miss edelman yeah um like a chakra cleansing and then i guess at one point, well, she died, and then uh-huh. I guess uh, Rose Edelman uh, trans her spirit entered Phoebe's yeah. Yeah. body. Yeah, um, <laughs> this dog is driving me nuts. It's fine. Hey, Darla, come here. It's fine. Darla, come here. I'm going to take that stupid loud car Um. But yeah, there was also like a pretty intense moment where like Phoebe's just standing at the door. She doesn't even knock. She's like so kind of like out of it because she yeah. just experienced this horrible thing. Yeah. And Ross and Chandler are like just, or yeah, no, Joey and Chandler are like leaving the apartment, swing the door open and she's just standing there kind of in shock. Yeah. And yeah. they were all rightfully like concerned, like what's going on? They all get up and go towards the door. Like I like these moments where. Yeah. 
Chandler isn't being a dick and you know, like yeah, they're not but then Chandler making, does have like, he does eventually where he's like, says like, Oh, that's more relaxed than you want them or whatever. But that's after he knows that, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but actually you're right. The first time it is Ross and Chandler because there was a funny little exchange. Oh, I'm going to go look at a bone. Yeah, a yeah, bone. Like, I got a big day ahead of me. I got to look at a big dinosaur bone. It's my and day. I was like, no, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Phoebe thinks she's possessed by the spirit of Rose, uh, Edelman, Rose Edelman. Um, but then we get to, so next up we're at the, uh, we're at the perk. Finally, mm-hmm. finally get to the perk. Rachel is especially bad at her job, mm-hmm. uh, this time. Um, because she's all in a tizzy cause her mom is coming to visit and her mom shows up and she's played by Marlo Thomas, mm-hmm. which I don't really have. Like I never watched that girl. I don't really have a lot of connections with Marlo Thomas. Like, the audience clearly did. There was, they, she right. got like an applause break. Um, but yeah. I feel like that's someone who like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm someone who knows like older celebrities and Marlo Thomas is just not really on my radar. She's did great you, in the, in this role. Though. I feel like it was on TV land for a while and I watched it. That girl. Mm-hmm. I always preferred Mary Tyler Moore and I guess I compared the two. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably also prefer, prefer, Mary Tyler Moore, yeah. but I didn't uh, grow up watching TV Land because I uh, we didn't have cable in my house. Right, we were poor. Yeah, bad. yeah, we were an underprivileged yeah. household. Yeah, <laughs> without without any cable. Um. So, uh, yeah, there's um, there's a funny line here, but I don't know if it's in your funny uh, lines about like where, where Rich's mom. I'm just going to call her Marla Thomas. Is uh, uh, talking about how much she admires Rachel's job. Like if, you know, uh, what would happen if you weren't there to pour the coffee? And Chandler's like, yeah, sometimes that does happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that wasn't like my that. line, but that was funny. It's funny, yeah. Uh, but then we get back to the apartment and Marlo Thomas reveals that she is thinking about leaving Rachel's father, mm-hmm. which is like, I feel like that's, there's, there's a line to be drawn. Like I understand as yeah. like, when you become an adult, your relationship to your parent changes and yes. you can be friends a little bit. Right. But I feel like I'm thinking about leaving your dad is not something you should, that's not a conversation to be having right. with your daughter. Just, have that with your other friends, your therapist, something like that. Right. Like that's, that's kind of a fucked up thing to do to it's, Rachel because now it's like a secret that they have from right. the father. Now she has to form an alliance. It's yeah. parentifying yeah. a child. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, even though Rachel's obviously not a child, but the parentified child is, you know, someone that kind of has to do the emotional labor of yeah. an adult. Yeah. Um, so then back at the perk the next day, Rachel's like all bummed out um, about uh, uh, what she's, what she's learned. Phoebe's still doing the Rose Edelman voice thing, which is kind of getting old to me yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, although it leads to something very good in a moment. Um, but here's a line that even <laughs> I, like, I wasn't paying attention to friends much at, at the time, but when Monica's like, you should be flattered. She's doing this cause she's inspired by you leaving Barry. Right. You know, she wants to be like you. And Rachel says, couldn't she have just copied my haircut? Yeah. Which is a very like metatextual joke. Like we're supposed to be like, Oh, oh the, yeah, Rachel. the Rachel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even that. I, even I got that and I thought that was funny. Uh, but then Ro- uh, Rose Edelman's <laughs> husband shows up. He's played by Phil Leeds, yeah. whom I know first and foremost from ghost. Yes. He's like the yes. ghost in the hospital. Yes. Um, but he's been in a lot of things Tons. and Tons he's fantastic. Yeah. 
it's a great little scene. I don't want to go too deep uh, into it because it'll come up my funniest moments later. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's he's just like, uh, he, like, I've talked before about this show being, both shows really, like we know that they are written by and starring people who live in Los Angeles. They're filmed in Los Angeles. So it helps sometimes to get some like, serious like New York flavor and I feel like Phil Leeds brings like this is a guy I believe has lived in the same apartment in New York for for 40 years if, if not like, longer I feel like they do a good job of yeah and, I, and I've said I like to point out yeah, yeah yeah like with the Zay bars and you know Phoebe Phoebe wants to honor um Rose by seeing everything which is what you know her husband said her you know, her wishes, her bucket list was is seeing everything. She wanted to see everything. So she yeah. went to, so she started naming off all the places in New York. She, which I was, she was taking like, Rose. This woman's like a lifelong New Yorker. Like you'd, she's seen the statue of Liberty. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. This is a very like, uh, like, I don't know, borscht belt couple. <laughs> so maybe yeah. they just kind of like, Stay in the Catskills. <laughs> See, I pictured, I thought they were like an Upper West Side. Like, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, I mean, they're like, I guess, with it enough that she was going to like a, a new age Yeah, masseuse. that's true, that's true. Um, um, so then, okay, uh, I left out that Monica has agreed to cater Susan and Carol's wedding, which yeah. is apparently like a... We're getting married next week. Uh, okay. It's like very fast. So yeah, I, I made a note of the turnaround time for this wedding because they were able to coordinate, fully cater, plan, get a, a judge, you know, a so, justice of the peace. and Yeah. So I'm wondering maybe, and this is like me saying, like writing the show that isn't there, but maybe they had been planning the wedding for a while and waited until closer to the wedding to break it to Ross. Well, they also waited to tell Carol's parents. Oh, that's right. So yeah. it just seems yeah, that comes up later. Ill conceived. Um, but uh, yeah, Rachel's mom is like getting day drunk, uh, dancing <laughs> um, around the apartment. Around, she wants to try marijuana. Um, <laughs> they're such squares too. Like yeah. they're just both like uh, Monica and Rachel are just so scandalized at the idea yeah. of like someone wanting to smoke pot. Well, cause they're probably still, tr- still traumatized from the time John Lovitz was high in their apartment right, in season right. one. That's all they know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so Monica's like feeling the crunch on this catering thing. She's got all the friends helping out, which like they're like complaining about, but a part of me was like, Oh, that that's seems fun. like fun. Yeah. Like, let's get together with all your friends and everyone help like make a big dinner. That yeah. actually seems like kind of a fun activity. Totally. Chandler's like got some wine while he's, while he's yeah. dicing the carrots or whatever he's dicing. I think that's crucial. That's, that's part of the fun. Yeah. It actually, like, I, it looked fun to me. I mm-hmm. wanted to help. I wanted to help Joey roll the pigs in the blankets. Yeah. Um, oh, I keep losing my place. Uh, yeah. But then Carol shows up. She's near tears because yeah. as you mentioned, her parents are not, accepting of her marrying a woman. Yeah. Um, and here's where it like, cause you and I spend a lot of time rolling our eyes at the show's treatment of gay people, mm-hmm. you know, especially like at the beginning, like we're getting married. <laughs> like, <laughs> but here's like, here's where we start to see why. Cause you mentioned before that like this, this show was like, 
well, honored by GLAD or something? Yeah, like, yeah, it won multiple GLAD awards. And so I guess the, a scene like this kind yeah. of helps you like contextualize in the time that like, um, yeah, it's all a bit weird to the these the to our friends the 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 gang, but um, they're unquestioningly accepting yeah. and the, and like this this contextualizes like Carol and Susan probably had bigger problems than Ross making jokes about and I, I now pronounce you wife and wife right. so like by comparison I guess maybe they were they were progressive by by comparison right I guess I don't so want to give them too much credit ref, like previously Ross was like refusing to go which is like so like upsetting but also like he makes a good point like if she weren't a lesbian, if she were getting married to another man, like, and, and she were just his ex-wife, like, no one would expect him to be at the wedding. But if, like, Ben was in the wedding, you know, they share a child together. So I feel like they if, they're, co-parenting. if they're co-parenting, like, you're still in this person's life. All of your friends are still in this person's life. Right. Um, I think, you know, his refusal was kind of just, like, part of the storyline of him yeah. eventually, like, convincing yeah. her that, like it's about love. Like if my parents said I shouldn't marry you, I would, I would say, fine, don't come to the wedding. Nothing would like stop me from marrying you, which is a kind of a sweet moment. Yes. That they had. There's a bunch of sweet moments at the end here. Yeah. So there's that because I thought there's a funny moment when Phoebe says to Monica, like, how'd you get this far behind on the catering? And she's like, do you want to see me cry? Yeah. And I thought about that because there's multiple moments in the end of the episode where I thought like, is this show trying to make me cry? <laughs> like, yeah. but Ross, I hate this terminology, but Ross like giving away, uh, mm-hmm. Carol was in a very sweet mm-hmm. moment because Carol's father would normally have walked her down the aisle right. and they didn't show up. Right. Um, it was, uh, I was very touched by that. Um, probably at least partially because I, well, you were there. I gave my sister away in that, mm-hmm. in that way. Cause mm-hmm. our, my dad, uh, who was also my sister's dad passed away um, uh, in the early 2000s. So I, I walked my sister down the aisle at her wedding. So it was a very touching uh, uh, moment to me to see, to see Ross do that. And I think it's worth mentioning at our wedding, you and my wedding, um, both of my parents like walked me down the aisle because I didn't like this. I don't like a lot of the traditions (laughs) with weddings. So I was like, no, I mean, why would, my dad give you know it's yeah. just like it's kind of gross that like a man would give me to another man i'm like yeah no way yeah i like yeah i like that yeah that, that both of your parents did that yeah <clears throat> um so that's the first and then we get to the reception where Wait, like are we gonna talk are you gonna bring up about um rachel's mom oh i think i skipped oh well Rachel's there was mom. a what? there was like a pretty good revelation between rachel and her mom because you know, Rachel was worried that her mom would judge her for, you know, not staying with Barry, who was like secure and rich. And that was kind of what was bothering Rachel. And then, you know, in we learned that, you know, Rachel's mom is going to leave Rachel's dad. Yeah. And the reason why is because Rachel's mom married her Barry. Yeah, I don't find that sweet. I think not that, sweet, but it was kind of sad. And it was a, a moment that Rachel understood that like, even though this is my dad, he wasn't right for you and you're not happy. I guess maybe I was reading into like Barry's a piece of shit 
And so I thought it was just more of Rachel's mom being inappropriate with Rachel. Like you shouldn't be talking shit about. I took it as like more of like acceptance. Like it's her dad, but it's also not the right person for her mom. Yeah. I guess I just had problems with the way that Marla Thomas phrased it, like calling her dad, her Barry, Barry being someone that we know Rachel rejects. It again feels like Marla Thomas is trying to like turn her daughter against. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like a moment of like acceptance and understanding. Well, I guess I'm coming at it from Barry's point of view as the man. Right. I'm, I'm the Barry. You're the Barry. Here. I'm your Barry. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not my Barry. <laughs> um, so then, it's, uh, oh yeah, well, there's also a funny moment um, when the lesbians kiss after being wed and uh, Phoebe in the Rose voice says, well, now I've seen everything. And then Rose leaves her because she's seen everything now. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was it. That was the, yeah, that, that was, was the whole punchline of the episode. And it's worth it, I would it say. It works, yeah. I would say worth it, good punchline. Uh, but then, yeah, Ross is sad at the reception and Susan comes up and, um, and says, um, you know, you did a very nice thing today. Do you want to dance? And, they, and the, the episode ends more or less um, with... Uh, with them dancing to Frank Sinatra singing Strangers in the Night, mm-hmm. which in just a few short years after that would be for a long time so inextricably tied to that Budweiser commercial with the creepy penguin. Do you remember? Doobie doobie doo. I feel like I can't, <laughs> um, I can't hear Strangers in the Night without thinking about that dumb Budweiser commercial huh. with the penguin singing doobie doobie doo. But this was before that. So, right. um, so who cares? Um, and there's, so, uh, uh, I, I skipped over a guest star, Leah Delaria, who, uh, mm-hmm. was on Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. I never watched her. She's in New lots Black, of stuff. Yeah. She's in a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, there's also a, uh, I thought it was a funny moment, although you might find, I don't know how you would, um, if you would classify it as one of friends's like gay people or funny joke or whatever. But, uh, when Susan offers, do you want to dance? And she says to Ross, I'll let you lead. I thought that was a funny joke, but also I like that. I like when this show has like emotional moments that aren't, they're not days of our lives. It's still a sitcom. Right. I like when there are funny moments within the emotional moments. So I liked, I thought the I'll let you lead was a funny joke, but I also liked that there was a joke in that moment, that very tender moment. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like it's allowing Ross to like assert his masculinity, which like in the beginning of the episode, when he like smashed his finger in the uh, The stroller, in the stroller, like he obviously was like hurt, but didn't want to react until they left, which is so weird. Like, if you're hurt, like scream about it. You're, if your eyes water, you know, like, but he's trying to make a big point in that moment. He's trying to make a big point, but it's just like, he needs to always be masculine in a way that I don't know. He has to like prove something to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reminded of there's a rapper named home homeboy Sandman who has a, who's vegan. has a rap, a song about being vegan called no beef. And, uh, and he says in the song, like some people eat meat because they think it's manly doing things because they're manly isn't very manly. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like Ross is a big example of that. Like yeah. he's, there's a reason he's so concerned with coming across as, as, as masculine. It's because he's not Joey doesn't like get 
Right. Not that Ben. Joey still is like has a gay panic moments or whatever, but like Joey just is masculine, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Right. Ross is not very masculine, so he's he insecure. Tries to try to be. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then, so that's the end of the episode proper, except we get the uh, the tag at the end where the gang's all sitting around saying, um, well, <laughs> first Monica says, like, um, who will be the first of us to get married? And Ross is like, I was married. And Phoebe was like, me too. And Rachel was like, I had a wedding. Um, and then it's, uh, well, then who will be the last to get married? And everyone says Chandler. And he points out like, Ben's here. Ben's here. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even with Ben there. <laughs> right. Um, any other observations before we move on to funniest moments? Uh, nope. Um, my funniest moment was a very sweet moment from Joey when he's about to make his Days of Our Lives uh, uh, appearance. And he says, I, I started thinking about all of us and how these are the days of our lives. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Um, I liked when um, Marla... Marla Thomas? Marlo. Marlo Thomas. Um, like she's like getting like drunk and dancing around the apartment yeah. and she wants to smoke pot with them. She loves it. It's like girls night. And then what finally like puts Rachel over the edge is when she said, so what's new in sex? <laughs> what's new in sex? She's <laughs> very funny. Uh, speaking of sex, my only other one was uh, Phil Leeds when he's saying, because yes. uh, Phoebe asks like, was there any unfinished business or that she might be trying to hold on to? And he, I, I saw the joke coming a mile course, away, but Phil Leeds like really knocks out of the park when he says, she also said she wanted to sleep with me one last time. Yeah. But then um, Phoebe follows yes. it up with, I'm sorry, there's laughing in my head right now. Yeah. Assuming it's Rose yeah. laughing at, yeah. Um, that was a very cute, acute moment. I think, um, I like that Phil Leeds is the kind of actor who could have like a horn dog moment and it's cute. Yeah. 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 Um, I had another one when um, when they're all helping Monica prepare the wedding food. Um, it's kind of like an obvious one, but um, Joey's like rolling rolling pigs in blankets, <laughs> and she's like trying to. She's being like a drill sergeant, like hurry, and, and he's like, "It's the pigs. They're reluctant to give him the blankets." <laughs> uh, Any more? Uh, no. All right, let's move on to friends, but make it fashion. Uh, I've got a bunch. There's this was a very some good and some bad, mostly bad but still notable uh, episode. Uh, I'm going to start by calling out two two sweaters, two men's sweaters. Joey is wearing an enormous orange cable knit turtleneck okay. to watch his Days of Our Lives. I like that uh, thing. And then Ross had a somewhat similar when he has the the sweet moment, like you know, if my parents didn't want me to marry you or whatever, I would have anyway, um, where he's wearing, a again, like a chunky the maroon. sweater that's like maroon. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, two, two nice men, men's sweaters. Um, I've got more, but why don't you, um, I liked, um, I liked Rachel's leopard vest. Ah, I have it here too. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, and then I have one more that's notable. I don't, uh, I wouldn't say I liked it, but they're, um, Susan and Carol's steampunk wedding garb. <laughs> and I also wrote ridiculous hats. Yes. They had two different ridiculous hats. Right. Carol's wearing like a big hat. Yeah. And then Susan has like a, I couldn't like, like, a, pr- like a pre flapper, like, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah, I steampunk is the I right. I couldn't pin down the era, yeah. but it was, they both seemed very steampunk. I imagine you could pin down those hats. There's probably some hat pins yeah. in there. Good. Right. Good one. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, uh, so Joey and Chandler both had ridiculous wedding outfits. Chandler's tie 
was so 90s. It looked like a bag of Cheetos from the 90s. I don't know. Did it have fish on it? Were there shrimps or fish or maybe, maybe that but was it also just a had pattern. like lightning bolt type thing. It was ridiculous. Okay. It was a stupid tie. Okay. And then uh that was Chandler. Joey um is kind of like dressed down for a wedding. He's got like a very soft and baggy like it's a sport coat, but it's like a soft material that has like elastic like hmm. bands at the wrist. It was a very odd look that I didn't care for in that setting i could see you working elsewhere hmm. uh, anymore nope uh well I, I as far as running jokes motifs and foreshadowing obviously i'll throw to you but i had a couple um uh this is kind of a spin on the friends getting together to ironically watch bad tv mm-hmm. because they're watching days of our lives yeah. but for a reason uh also i like that um Ugly naked man shows up, but Marlo Thomas calls him an unattractive nude man. I wrote that down. Yeah. That was funny. Um, also, we can't have an episode with some fat phobia thrown in. Um, so Marlo Thomas said to Monica, like, oh, wow, you look so good. Last time I saw you, it was eat or be eaten, which yeah. is like not a funny joke. Not a funny joke, yeah. Um, also, we talked about Rachel being bad at her job, but she's bad at her job now for good reason. Yeah. She's nervous. Yeah. Um, we talked about the gang being squares about sex and marijuana. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Is that it? That's it. Well, then let's take a quick break. All righty. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Rae, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, we're back and we are ready to talk How I Met Your Mother season two, episode 11. How Lily Stole Christmas. Now they take us away. All right, so we start with, uh, well, we start with Ted pondering what he's going to do for Christmas, and he's looking at all the Christmas cards that he has from his mom and dad and family, and he decides to stay in New York with his chosen family. Yeah, which I think, like, you and I, I mean, you're more or less from here and also Jewish, so it doesn't mean the same to you. I have also, I'm not from Los Angeles, but you and I have our, we are our own family now and we celebrate Christmas in Los Angeles and we have like our own traditions that we've built. We mm-hmm. like much like Marshall and Lily do, we decorate not quite to that extent, yeah. but we decorate quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess this is another, um, another example of me relating more to how I met your mother than, than right. to friends, but definitely that like, that is, I think a rite of passage when you're from somewhere else the first time you choose to spend Christmas, assuming you're someone who grew up celebrating Christmas with your family, the first right. time you choose to spend Christmas in your new city is right. a is a big deal. And your family has given up on trying to <laughs> get you. They know. They know, yeah, because yeah. it's not an insult. Yeah. I'm not, like, avoiding Christmas with them. Right. You and I have our own traditions, and, like, we spend Thanksgivings with family. Like, it's not, yeah, yeah it's not like when, uh, I haven't like, I'm not estranged from my family. Right, right, right. But, yeah. Um, so we uh, learned, Also, non-McLaren's opening, by the way. I, yes, I have to call it out. Non-McLaren's. We learned that um, Lily makes a big deal out of decorating every year. It's called, in different scenes, 
Christmas Eve Wonderland and Winter Wonderland. Hmm. So I think that was a... They haven't pinned it down yet. Yeah. A flaw in the writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Marshall gets really, really excited about it and so excited that like he, he has to leave for the day. He doesn't even want to see it. So he's closing his eyes. He's like, I could smell the cookies. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to some other. Good. Cause I have one. Later too, yeah. Um, but he leaves the apartment and so Lily's like putting the finishing touches on winter wonderland or Christmas Eve wonderland and they're going through stuff and she digs up, I guess, their old answer machine. Right. Or Ted digs up the old answer machine and she's like, oh, yeah, um, there's even some messages on it. And we hear the message and we hear one of Ted calling her the B word. Are we going to use the word? Is that what you think it is? Yeah. Oh, because I, I, I have down what what word is it? Because he says Grinch, but he, he says, says Grinch, but he says, but I didn't say Grinch. Right. And then he and then he says, Ted says, fudge. Oh, fudge. And then right. Bob Saget says, but I didn't say fudge, which is a great like Christmas story reference. Yes. Um, Ralphie says fudge. Oh, fudge. But yeah. I didn't say fudge is what yeah. the, I can't remember the narrator of Christmas story now. Um, but here's the thing. You can say bitch on TV. But maybe the show knew that it's like horrible and offensive. Okay. I feel like a comedy like that wouldn't say bitch on on a sitcom. But I also, I don't know that the reaction would have been, Lily's reaction would have been this strong if it were bitch. Do you think it's the C word? That's what I have always thought, that it's the C word. Listeners, what do you think Grinch yeah. is? Yeah, I've, since I saw this episode because in Because Grinch sounds always, more like bitch. Yes, it does. But... Grinch is also a Christmas word and it's, it's Christmassy and also just the level of people's reaction to it. You know, I believe that Lily would be, you know, so, so mad of calling her the B word. Oh, but then, but like, what about Ed McLaren's when, uh, Ted is like, what? It's a word. And, and Barney's like, well then say it now. And he does. And the woman who happens to be walking by is like disgusted. That would work. I, that would with work. The, with the word bitch? Yeah. I don't like the words. But uh, like I, I've always, since 2006, I've always thought it was the C word. Okay. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Um, so then he tries to explain that, uh, well, she was being a Grinch mm-hmm. um, because of what he did to Marshall. So he doesn't apologize. He, yeah. he doubles down on it. And we get a whole flashback of like, that message came at a time that Marshall had gone through a breakthrough, had had a breakthrough when he had been like feeling so bad for himself for so long. Right. Ted had finally gotten him to like acknowledge that what Lily did is, was selfish and right. And, and hurtful. And yeah. we got, um, speaking of words, you apparently can say, well, <laughs> cause Barney calls uh, her a her, laugh slut. Yes. Yes. So yes, I'm, I was getting to that point. Sorry, so we sorry. get a flashback to McLaren's and they're trying to build up Marshall and in building up Marshall, they have to denigrate Lily in order to do so. So it's successful enough where Marshall's like, yeah, she is a Grinch, you know, like, yeah. and then they're all chanting it and excited about it. Um, I don't think anyone like means it, but like she, she was being selfish, you know, and uh, Marshall said that she was perfect. And so I guess it was like in response to that. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Um, 
Um, but it's, it, it is understand like he had to get to a place of like allowing himself to be angry. At, of course, at her. and like take some of the blame off of himself. For this. Well, yeah, I think that your your read of the word that it is the B word makes me more on Ted's side. I've always had trouble being like like wanting to see where Ted was coming from. And trying to be supportive of his friend, but because it's the c word in my head, I'm like that's still too far. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so maybe you're right. Who's to say? Uh, well, the listeners are. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Um, here's what you do. Just it's in the subject. <laughs> but I was going to say, just tweet at me one word or the other. That's it. Yeah. No context. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All caps, preferably. Um. So, yeah, we get like a current McLaren's and Robin is just like appalled. Like, so you didn't apologize. You doubled down on it. Um, the whole time um, Barney is like sick. He's sneezing yeah. on everything. He's like very nasally. Which like given two years of a pandemic, like I found yeah. it so like oh, yeah. triggering. <laughs> Me too. Me too. He was literally like he went up to like the bar to hit on someone and he sneezed in her face. Yeah. If you do that now, that's assault. Yeah. <laughs> you tried for manslaughter. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's Barney's story. He, um, he's very sick, but he's trying to play it off. Um, he's trying to, um, what does he say? Like if you, his motto, like if you. Well, this was, I had it in my, actually in my um, uh, running jokes because he says, when I'm sick, I just stop being sick and be awesome instead. True right, right, story, right. which at the beginning of the season yeah. was what he said to Marshall about being sad. When, when Marshall was sad about Lily, he said that exact thing. When I'm sad, I just stop being sad and start being awesome instead. True oh, story. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So that was a, a little callback. And then he also says, mind over body, and he smokes cigars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the um, little balcony yeah. in Lily's apartment. Or no, not in Lily's apartment. Then we have a scene in Lily's apartment. So she's so pissed off at Ted that she takes the winter wonderland, all the decorations, and brings it to her tiny itty bitty apartment. Yeah. And that's a funny image because her apartment is, you know. And just thinking like, how did she get all of that stuff yeah. from Manhattan yeah. to the Bronx? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then set it up again all in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so Ted comes in pretending he's a pizza delivery guy. And they have a little moment um, where he again. Oh, wait, but I skipped uh, because I specifically wanted to point this out to or ask you um, if you related. Because I was talking about how many other being relatable. Mm -hmm. His plan before he realized Lily had absconded with the Winter Wonderland was to bring her a beer. And Robin makes a comment about him stealing the mug from McLaren's. Oh yeah. Um, so how many like pine glasses do we have that you that your sticky fingers <laughs> picked up I from bars? To, I used to take souvenir <laughs> glasses. They have so many that they expect that from time to time. I used to also take um, those colorful uh, candles. Candles, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, we don't go into bar- to bars anymore because this pandemic won't fucking end. Right. Yeah. First bar I go to, I'm going to steal everything I see. Everything that's not. <laughs> We've been to bars, but then Omicron happened and now we haven't been to a bar in over a month. Yeah. Um, 
So let's see what happens here. Oh, we see some funny scenes of um, Robin trying to be responsible for the cookies in the oven, which are like burnt to a crisp now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then she's also at the same time trying to take care of Barney, who turn, yeah. who reverts to a, a baby. Yeah. In in Ted's bed. In Ted's bed and in Ted's clothes. And he yeah. says, I'm like, Ted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that... Um, I'm so, I feel, you know, lucky, knock on wood. I haven't had so much as a cold in like over two years now because we've been wearing masks and staying in and everything. But, um, there is that stereotype that men like become big babies when they get sick. And I, unfortunately I do. You are one of them. I mean, this is obviously an exaggerated, I'm I'm not not literally saying like, ouchie on my mouth or whatever, but I did feel like, uh, some sympathy for Barney because I do tend to. Yeah. Be a baby when I'm sick. Yeah. And I will never spoon feed you. Uh, so. Yeah. That would, I would never yeah. ask. Um, so she's doing that. She's getting annoyed, but it's a funny scene. Um, we also, I don't know if you had, um, had this marked down. Cause I think timeline wise, we skipped over. Marshall. Lil, uh, no, Lily also called Ted's mom. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we see Ted's mom and her new boyfriend, Clint, Clint, who is put by Harry Groner or Harry Grainer, AKA the mayor from Buffy, Buffy the Vampire yep. Slayer. Yeah. 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 So they probably chatted about that. Um, who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Willow. <laughs> when Willow called. Yeah. Before, like, Clint answered the phone and they had a little chat about him uh, trying to um, uh, become an ancient demon and devouring the graduating class of Sunnydale High. Yes. Um, So all this is... And he was like, all right, let me give you to Ted's mom here. (laughs) So when Marshall leaves um, the Winter Wonderland or Christmas Eve Wonderland, he says he has, like, one last test to take before winter break or whatever. Yeah. Um, but what he's really doing is trying to find, um, this gift that he got for Lily and we find out it's an easy bake oven later and he gets the easy bake oven because Ted tells him like what a great gift it would be. We get a flashback from eight years ago when Lily and Ted are like getting wasted in the dorm or getting high in the dorm room. And she says that, like, she loves an easy-bake oven. She wasn't allowed to have one because of her feminist mom. Yeah. Uh, Ted has very dorky hair. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, oh, so he's, like, trying to hunt down where the... Because it hasn't arrived. The package hasn't arrived. So the, he's at yeah. the, um, like, delivery... It's, like, it's clearly, like, UPS, a UPS store or something. UPS. And they yeah. don't know where to find it. It's on a delivery truck somewhere. He hunts down the truck. Um, he asked the driver, um, can I look in the back? And the driver's like, you know, hurried. He's like, I need to deliver all these packages. Like you can, you can go back there and try to find it. Um, and then Marshall being, being the mensch that he is (laughs) agrees to help the delivery guy like deliver Christmas. So he's like Santa, like delivering all the Christmas, like dogs are chasing after him. It's a great montage. It's a great montage. Uh, set to the song backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter, which is a, a really good song. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, he gets, he gets the package. He comes in late. Um, you know, he's happy to have winter wonderland, Christmas Eve wonderland, but notices that Ted's not there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he gives the gift to Lily and they realize that they 
want to go see Ted. Meanwhile, Ted is like, he banishes himself and goes to Staten Island where his brother's super religious family is celebrating. Super religious. They don't even celebrate. uh, His cousin. His cousin, cousin Stacy, played by Moon Unit Zappa. Oh. (laughs) Who's like a fundamentalist. Who's your favorite Zappa? Um, I guess, I don't, I'm not that familiar with that many of them. I like Dweezil. Right? Yeah. Dweezil Zappa was the one who was married to Lisa Loeb. Okay, yeah. I think I like him. Yeah. 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 He's he's a good one. Um but yeah, their their Christmas is like so depressing because they have to like read scripture and they don't get to have presents. Uh, my favorite I don't know, maybe, well The Pulp oh. Fiction. Uh, no, that was funny. <laughs> like his Ted's favorite uh, Bible quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Do you have a funniest moment about his Ted's cousin's daughter's name? Um, well, yeah. I'm like we have to give. So Ted brings brings them presents. Yeah. And then um, the mom finds out. Like he secretly says, "I have presents for you." The mom finds out and is like, "Oh, we'll give it to Charity." And one of the daughters is named Charity, yeah, and she gets like, excited. Yeah. Not you, Charity. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. Um, so the gang shows up in Staten Island at the door and like pretend to be carolers. It's a little love actually. Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. It's saying it's just carolers. Yeah. 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 So they start singing and then, um, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess Grinch could go either way because one of the kids overhears them saying the word Grinch and then starts like shouting it at the top of his lungs. And then all the kids start Screaming Grinch. Moon Unit like spits out her. Oh, she does a spit take <laughs> yeah. of her milk or whatever <laughs> yeah. she's drinking. Her non-alcoholic eggnog, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Ted just like leaves with the gang. Yeah. Right? Is that how it ends? Uh, then we, we oh, get a we get a tag yeah. with Marshall. And this is kind of gross, but he was like excited about like not cleaning the bowl of cookie batter. So, cookie, yeah. so he's eating the batter without it like a spoon yeah just licking it he digs his like paws in there and yeah but he had this um was a nice props to the props department i know that's normally your uh (laughs) thing but um the little baskets of red and green christmas m&ms were very like you and i don't do we should do that because that's something that very much evokes my childhood but when i think of christmas put out treats i think no i think specifically red and green christmas m&ms um, is something that I associate with like Christmas Eve at grandma's house or whatever. Oh, like, okay. So we should next Christmas, we should get some, okay, some I'll do that. put them in little bowls. I'll do that for you next time. Around the house. What I associate with Christmas is that, um, the big popcorn tin with the three flavors. Yeah. 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 Um, one last thing that we skipped over that I wanted to mention, cause I don't think that you, unless you happen to look it up, I don't know if you knew this, um, there's a part when they're at Lily's apartment and Ted is saying the word Grinch over and over again, shouting it. And then the landlord upstairs, uh, shuts off the, the power. The power. Mm-hmm. And cause Lily makes like, now you've picked, pissed off the big guy upstairs. And Ted is like, Oh, God's mad at me. He's like, no, it's my landlord. And is you it Larry the, David? No, <laughs> you're very close. Oh. Do you want to guess? Um, no. Think of someone else from Seinfeld. Um, a big Bri- guy. Brian Cranston. No, no. A big guy who was on Seinfeld. Was it Newman? Wayne Knight. <gasps> Wayne Knight is the uncredited voice of the landlord wow. in, in that scene. That's very funny. Yeah. Um, should we move on to funniest moments? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay, so I love Marshall more than ever <laughs> because I love I love that he's excited about Christmas. Yeah. I love that he like gets into it, and I love that he 
loves Lily for doing it. Like it just, it makes me love him. And also like being such a mensch with the, with the delivery of all the boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the line when he's, he like blindfolds himself and he's like leaving the apartment. He like drops his keys and then knocks into a reindeer. And he said, was that a reindeer? I I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah. That was my first one on here. He's so excited. Um, uh, so my, uh, the, the hardest I laughed was actually like a delayed is a setup in the payoff later. Um, because, uh, something when, when they're talking at McLaren's talking about the word Grinch or whatever, whatever the word actually is. Um, Barney says, Ted Vivian Mosby. Oh yes, And, yes, and yes, Ted's yes, like, yes. that's not my middle name. Uh, and then much later after Lily is called Ted's mom, she calls, he answers and he goes, and she goes, Ted Evelyn Mosby. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, do you have any more? I have one more. Um, there's, a, there's a tiny one. Nope. Um, so yeah, the first time that Ted says Grinch, Bob Saget is like, but I didn't say Grinch, mm-hmm. you know, but then after Lily takes all the Christmas, the like decoration down and Ted is like, Oh, she's being such a Grinch. And Bob Saget goes, that time I did say Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, how I met your mother, but make it fashion. Um, I just wrote the word hats and I liked it. I liked all the hats. Uh, I, I have one hat in particular, which is, um, at the beginning when Lily's decorating, she's got a very cute little Santa hat on. Well, there's a Santa hat, but then because it's winter in, you know, in New York, everyone has like beanies and everyone looks cute in beanies. And I think part of that is because everyone has bad hair on this show, or at least (laughs) it's styled poorly. So I feel like put a hat on it, make it better. But at least Ted's hair looks better than it did in the flashback to 1998. (laughs) Well, that to me is just like so false because like, it's not even the same texture. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, okay. So, um, I have a bunch of running jokes. Um, Oh yes, me too. So, uh, we also already mentioned, I just stopped being sick and be awesome instead. True story. But then there's also a play on the, uh, Legend. legend, wait for it. And then he falls asleep and then like, the next scene, someone like slams the door and he goes dairy, but it is like, yeah. Nasally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he also mentions like on Christmas, he wants to like be chugging Red Bull and playing laser tag. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but also just something to, th- this isn't the first or last time that the show will y- use its conceit of being a story. A dad is telling his kids mm-hmm. to, so like you can, justified that Bob Saget's character is saying Grinch because he's protecting the kids from the real word. Right. But it also gets around the censors, you know? Right. Um, so that will come up much later, especially like it'll come a lot later when we get more flashbacks to college. Um, <laughs> sorry, my Midwestern accent came through college. Um, uh, I mean, we, we got in no uncertain terms. We saw that in college, Ted and Lily and Marshall were huge fucking stoners. There will be a lot more of them getting high in college, but it gets sort of like sanitized in like a funny way. Okay. All right. Look forward to it. Uh, should we move on to similarities and differences between the two shows? I had, I had one that might be kind of a stretch, but it's something I thought of. Yeah. I have two that are kind of a, a stretch. Well, you, you start that. Um, with one of yours. I guess <laughs> this is so lame, but like, preparation for a big event. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's your other one? My other one is, um, well, Ted already learned about his parents splitting up, mm-hmm. but there was the, with, with Rachel's parents right. splitting up and learning about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention that we like, um, I forget her name who played Ted's mom. Mm-hmm. She was actually on screen, but Michael Gross did have, that was his voice on the instrument machine. Mm-hmm. So Michael Gross wasn't back fully in person as Ted's dad, but did, uh, provide his voice for the right. answering machine right. um, where we learned that Clint, hey, Clint. Um, Ted's mom's new boyfriend is also Ted's dad's fishing buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so mine was more like the idea, both, both shows explore the idea of being a friend to a couple, you know, Ross has to like okay. set, a, set things aside and okay. be supportive of Carol and Susan and almost in the inverse Lily in the, in this episode kind of like kind of realizes that like, yeah, she's with Marshall, but Ted is a part of their life lives as a friend of the couple. And and he's like, so like it's, it's not like there's the, and I guess there are people like, you know, we talk about people being codependent couples that are completely like insulated or whatever, but mm-hmm. like the interpersonal relationships are more complex than that. And mm-hmm. being friends with not just one person, but a couple, couple is, yeah. um, a specific relationship that I think is, uh, pretty common and, and maybe not as, uh, explored on TV as, yeah. as other relationships. And with that being said, we didn't really touch on this, but Ted made it clear to Lily that he was also mad at her for walking out on him. Yeah. You know, as a friend, because yeah. they were friends even before Marshall was in the picture. Right? I think they all met at the same time. Or I time. guess they had a friendship aside from Marshall. Yeah. And so he was just as offended when Lily just got up and left to San Francisco. Yeah. 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 Because, he, yeah, he's been friends with Lily yeah. as long. They all met freshman yeah. year of college. Yeah. And the focus was on Lily and Marshall, but that's a friendship breakup, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce, and that segment is called... Wait, we didn't do playing favorites. Oh, shit. We skipped pl- playing favorites. Okay. Um, okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Friends. I met your mother. <gasps> I love when it's different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love when it's different. Well, I love a... I love a Christmas episode. That that definitely made this decision hard for me. That's why I had to take a minute. And I love Marshall. Yes. But I think my belief that Grinch means the C word makes mm. this episode a little bit tough for me. And also those tender moments at the end of the Friends episode went a long way. Yeah. Even though I got sick of Rose, what was it? Rose Edelman? Was that her name? Yeah. I got sick of Rose Edelman. Um, I still uh, had to give the edge to uh, friends for not, in my mind, invoking the C word. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of, there was a lot that happened in the Friends episode. Yeah. You know, like some episodes are kind of just like, um, just like a Seinfeld episode almost, you know, like a day in the life, like yeah. silly things happen. But this was kind of like big, lots yeah. of storylines. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on now to my favorite segment to introduce, okay. a segment called How Were We Doing? And this is where we look at what was, what was going on in the world 
on the days these episodes aired. So season two, episode 11 of Friends, the one with the lesbian wedding, aired on Thursday, January 18th, 1996, which was the day that uh, Lisa Marie Presley filed for divorce from Michael Jackson. Mm. So this was... So she was with Michael Jackson before Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, It's also the day... uh, I know you're not a sporto, so this won't mean much to you, but uh, baseball owners unanimously approve interleague play. This was a big deal uh, at the time because it basically used to be you had the American League and the National League, which you still do, but the only time they only played each other and then the World Series was between the American League winner and the National League winner. That's how it used to go until 1997 when they went the way that like other sports go where everybody plays each other. Uh, they, you still play people in your league more often than in the other league, but uh, interleague play 1997. Yeah. I know you care. My eyes are just glazing. Yeah. Over. Um, also Rudolph Wanderoni Jr. Better known as Minnesota fats died at the age of 82. The famous uh, pool player. Minnesota mm. Fats, um, who I think was portrayed by Jackie Gleason in The Hustler. Okay. Or maybe the character was based on him. I can't remember. It's been like 20 years since I've seen The Hustler. But um, those are some of the things that happened on Thursday, January 18th, 1996. The top five. Oh, here we go. A song that I know, that I really know, makes his debut at number five. Debuting at number five in the U.S., Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. Oh. And I said, what about Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's? Said, I think. Anyway, yeah. I don't like that song, but at least I know it. Um, number four, Everything But the Girl Missing. I was never into Everything But the Girl. I can picture, I feel like I can picture like Everything But the Girl posters at the local record store, but I like it was never yeah. into them. So I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, Are you looking up the lyrics? Yeah. Uh, here. And I said, what about... Bre- this is how I'm vamped now. Breakfast at Tiffany's. She said, I think I remember the film. Okay, that's all I can hear now. I can't, I can't do it. Oh, wait. Okay. Like the deserts miss the rain. Oh, yeah, I remember that song. And I miss you. Yeah. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? It's a good song, right? Yeah. Okay. Walking (laughs) down your street. I'm normally more confident in my music opinions. Pass your door. Yeah. Uh, Number three, LL Cool J's Hey Lover. Okay. Number two, Whitney Houston's Exhale. And number one, Mariah Carey's One Sweet Day. Okay. Now, fast forward a number of years to the day that season two, episode 11 of how I met your mother, how Lily stole Christmas aired. Uh, that'll be Monday, December 11th, 2006. Um, I was living in Los Angeles as we've, as we've already established. Uh, this was, I, I had some fun stuff here. There's so much bummer stuff on here. Uh, archeologists working for the Vatican have found the tomb of Paul of Tarsus. Hmm. So that's exciting. The space shuttle Discovery successfully docks with the International Space Station with the crew to spend a week rewiring the space station. Right? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, and uh, a famous death uh, on, on this day, Elizabeth Bolden, who up until this day was the oldest person in the world, died wow. at the age of 116 years, 118 okay. days. Okay. Um, she uh, li- 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 died in Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, good for her. On this day, 116 years. She was born in 1890. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. She's like, I mean, she's not with us anymore, but she's like as old as the movies, essentially. Mm-hmm. So strange. Yeah. Um, and then the top five songs, rest in peace, Elizabeth Bolden. The top five songs in the U.S. I'm sorry, nothing good as usually ha- it seems to be happening in 2006. Maybe 2007 will bring more. Yeah. Uh, number five, Justin Timberlake's My Love. Number four, Fergie's Fergalicious. Number two, Akon's Smack That. Number two, Akon's I Want to Love You, which are like side, yeah. two sides of the same coin. Yeah. <laughs> um, a cycle of violence. I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, uh, number one, Beyonce's Irreplaceable. Okay. So that's that. Let's move on to the final segment. This is a segment we call... Challenge accepted. And this is where you and I, Natalie, make predictions about what will happen on the next episodes of, of both shows based only on the uh, uh, titles of the next shows. Before, first, we have to see where we stand based on our predictions from last okay. week. So I predicted that the one with the lesbian would, uh, was that Ross, though still not cool with the whole thing, nonetheless experiences a modicum of personal growth. I think I think I got it. I think it. you got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and oh yeah, I don't think you got this one. Uh, you said Lily's a real holiday Grinch. You got that, but you said because of some bad shit that went down when she was knee high to an elf. You thought it would be about her childhood. Yeah. It's not. Nope. You were thinking of Phoebe Cates in Gremlins. That's what I was thinking about. Yep. <laughs> who, who hates Christmas because yeah. her dad died yeah. on Christmas yes. Eve. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm. Ahead now by two, six to four yeah. in this. Oh, so this is going to be your chance to to make I'm, it up. But I'm first, really bad at this. Um, <laughs> you okay? You say that. So, I participate every year with a group of friends in a fantasy movie award season thing, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I pick uh, my pick for like what I think has the best chance of winning best picture actor, supporting actor, all the categories, right? Mm-hmm. you follow them through different critics awards and different industry awards. And, and you get points for, you know, SAGs and golden globes. Everything leads up to the Oscars. You for a few years did this with us. Yes. And you similarly would always say like, I'm so bad at this. Right. Just like you just did about this. Yeah. Even though you consistently beat me. <laughs> Well, in the award season. So I feel like I don't think of you as a competitive person, but it does seem like I'm not a competitive. If if you don't win, it's not worth it. I'm not a competitive person, but I'm a perfectionist, which is a detriment to my own mental health. But if I can't succeed at something, I would rather not do it, (laughs) which is not the way one should live. This is is something I'm trying to work through, but sometimes it's not fun for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, um, so the next episode of friends is called the one after the super bowl part one. 
that is giving me nothing to <laughs> go on because it clearly just like right. they aired a two-parter after the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, uh, which is always so weird, like what shows they pick to like have big episodes after the Super Bowl. Right. Like I remember one year it was like, yeah, after you spent three and a half hours watching burly, sweaty men pummel each other, check out the new episode of Glee. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I have to try and guess what is going to happen. The one I was, so they're going to go for something big, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to guess that. Uh, Rachel and Ross make up. Okay. Anything else? Or is that enough, you think? I'm going to say Rachel forgives Ross for being such a tool and they smooch. They smooch? I'm going to say they smooch. Okay. It's the post-Super Bowl. You got to go big. Okay. Although, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I just realized we're just talking about part one. This is just part one. They might, what I'm saying might not happen until part two. Okay. I have to revise. I have to revise my whole thing. And also notice in this episode, like she's clearly not like, I mean, they're able to coexist. Mm -hmm. It's not the theme of the, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to sway you either way. Persuade you either way? Sway you either Here's way? Here's what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Okay, because it's a two-part. I'm going to say in the first half, Ross digs himself in deeper. Okay. Like Ross, I'm going to say, Ross. Gums up the. I'm going to say Ross, and then this is a true romance reference. Ross, fuckhead that he is, <laughs> finds a way to insult Rachel even further. Olive and herb mixed nuts. <laughs> I, I think you made, you missed your chance. White truffle popcorn. And I said, what? <laughs> this is how we both vamp yes. now. Okay. Okay. Now season two, episode 12 of how I met your mother is called first time in New York. First Time in New York. Okay. So I'm trying to think of a family member who we haven't met yet, who is visiting for the first time. Now, it's not trying to think who we've met. Okay. 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 What what were you going to say? No, what are you going to say? I'm thinking maybe it's someone from Robin's family. Okay. Because they're Canadian. Oh, yeah. Okay. So someone... Someone is visiting New York for the first time. the... Sherbatsky clan. Yes. But I I know that I'm wrong based on your... Their first appearance in the Big Apple. Okay. No, I think that's a good guess. But you know that it's probably not. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, you know that I have a vested interest in us being tied by the end. Oh. And you're behind. 
So if oh. I'm saying that you and you got there on your own, I didn't like give you a hint. Oh. If you're saying that someone from Robin's family is visiting New York, oh. I would say that might be a good guess. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. I like it. Okay. Well, uh, we'll find out if Natalie's right or not next week. Um, and if I'm right about Ross being a fuckhead, uh, which I probably will be because he generally is. Um, until then you can find all of these episodes, wherever you find podcasts, you can, uh, also find posts for each episode that you can comment on at battleship pretension.com. Battleship pretension.com is where, uh, my other website, my other podcast, where I talk about movies, where I write about movies, that's all going on over there. You can email, um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter actually at Davy pretension, but more importantly, you can email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com. Uh, Natalie, where would you like people to find you on the internet? I wouldn't, but I would like people to rate and review wherever you get your podcast. It helps other people find us. So we know we're not just talking into a void. Um, if you like the show, tell your friends, tell your mothers, we'd be happy to have them. Um, with that being said, until next time, okay. see you in Staten Island. Okay. Okay. <laughs>